Welcome to Marsha's Plate. This is an interview episode where we talk to friends, family, other community members, and anybody else we want to talk to. <laughs> hey brother, hey brother, hey sister, hey sister, hey sibling, how are you? Hey brother, hey brother, hey sister, hey sister, hey sibling, how are you? How you been doing? Just checking in today. Hey, what's up? This is your girl Diamond. How are y'all doing? I am so excited to be here. This is the transgender day of visibility, and I have a special treat for y'all. I am so, so, so excited about this because these are people, this is an organization and people that I have spent personal time with. Well, Jupiter, I haven't spent no personal time with your ass, right? Yeah, no, not yet. Not yet, but we did, but we, but we did do an event together. So that's personal time. <laughs> so this is the Know Our Place campaign. And this is part of the Transgender Districts team. And everybody here was featured in the campaign, right? So... Jupiter, tell me about the campaign. Uh, yeah, so the campaign, the Know Our Place campaign, it is the Transgender District's first public awareness campaign, which was curated by my colleague, who's also on this call, Juniper Yoon. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I had the honor and the privilege of being one of the models um, in this wonderful campaign. Um, and it was it was just incredible. I, um, I went to go see the billboard because we have a physical uh, billboard that's um, just a few blocks away from where the transgender district's offices are located on 5th and Harrison in San Francisco. If you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, please get your ass to 5th and Harrison to see the beautiful and the stunning uh, Noir Place uh, billboard. Um, and, you know, it was just a beautiful experience. We shot the campaign um, over a month ago. Um, and it was just, it was such a wonderful experience. Mm. I, I was in a room with, with my trans siblings. Uh, we were trying on clothes. We had music playing. We were laughing and we were, you know, doing all, you know, the fun uh, poses and angles. And it was, it was just wonderful. And I was so very lucky to be put in this place. Mm. Um, um, as I mentioned, which was curated by the wonderful, um, Juniper and her incredible art direction. Um, um, and yeah, if you haven't already, go to knowourplace.com to learn more about it. Um, but I want to give the opportunity to Juniper, who executed this whole thing, uh, so she can uh, talk more about this campaign. <laughs> so, Juniper, you are the program associate at the Transgender District, right? So, tell me how this came about first and foremost i want to like you know give the shout out to aria saeed our our executive director one of the co-founders of the district and like one of the baddest bitches i know yeah. um in conversation with her um as you know a black trans woman as someone that has been in the community and like has worked and strived for the community for so long um, we kind of went on this back and forth and talked about visibility. So as you know, today is the Transgender Day of Visibility. And what does that mean? So um, it was founded with the idea that, you know, visibility is 
integral, integral for trans people to kind of get to the point of liberation from this system that pushes us down. But I think that there's this mistake that thinks that visibility is the only answer, that it is going to save us all, when in reality, it's not the only thing. It is just the first step towards creating and taking space as TGNC people, particularly um, people of color and black and indigenous and brown people. Um, and with that in mind, I'm just like, I was talking with Arya Saeed and with kind of their ideas of what visibility does and what it doesn't do. And I wanted to create a campaign that was first of all, like accessible, like in public space, on billboards, on street banners, on, on you know, on, like BART ads, which is our Metro in San Francisco, um, just to make sure that people saw us. But then beyond that, like, I just didn't want us to be like a poster child of like what the TGNC community is, because that's not storytelling to me. That's not like, that's not our truth. So like, to me, I expanded the program to create an actual landing page that folks can um, interact with digitally, um, whether or not they're in San Francisco and learn the stories of these models, um, whether they're like, you know, a community advocate like Jupiter or a culinary artist and um, just all around creative like Christian, or we had many other different types of makers and um, just kind of geniuses of their craft be represented on this billboard. They weren't just, you know, seen, but their stories were represented on this website. So I wanted to make sure that there was space for them to say, their piece and kind of know that there is a place for them both in the district, but also like they have right to take space globally. Like they exist, they can take every step and every step that they take is theirs. So. Christian, how are you? I'm well, I'm well, how are you? So why was this important for you? What was the experience about being a part of this? For me, it was, it was so much fun. It was like, it was, it was very like, I could very much feel the community in it and the love in it and the feeling in it. It was very like, from my end, at least with Juniper, like, yo girl, you want to be on a billboard? Come through. Like, it was like, it was <laughs> like, it was just come look, like, get a couple outfits, bitch. Come look sickening. Like, let's go. Like, it was yeah. all just like, <laughs> like, we just, it was a vibe. It was a key. It was a moment. Like, we over there ripping clothes off and doing outfit changes and it was a moment and like, I don't know, it's also just so groundbreaking to me. Like it's so like just to be, and also to be a part of like the first legally recognized, like like it's like, that's big. And you know, like, I'm just so honored to be part of it. I'm just so happy that I was even thought of. I was even in the ether to be considered like, and to be considered next to so many like other amazing artists and Bay artists and Bay area locals, like, I was just like, little old me, like, y'all what? Like, let me go, let me go look. Let me go hit a, a, some, some thrift stores, child, and get some new clothes. As a documented trans woman, undocumented trans woman, coming out of this hell of a four-year <laughs> that we just went through of tons of uptick. I don't want to say it was new because it wasn't new, but an uptick in anti-Latinx immigrant rhetoric from conservatives. You have, Jupiter, you have a, a specific point of view that's quite significant. And I know 
for me, what is amazing about the transgender district, besides just existing to preserve a home for trans people in the city of San Francisco, I think it's bigger than that. I think it's really, uh, it provides a strategic framework on how to be effective in this global movement that we have going on right now. So tell me why is it important for us to feel at home in all the locations we thrive and struggle in as trans people that this campaign highlights? I feel like the campaign happening in a city like San Francisco that holds so much rich uh, transgender history, you know, with the Compton Cafeteria riots, and not just the Compton Cafeteria riots, there is transgender history that dates back all the way to the early 1900s. Um, but, you know, I think it's very important, and I'm very glad that you touch on this topic about, you know, the the vile anti-immigrant rhetoric that was so prevalent uh, these last four years under the Donald Trump um, administration. And, you know, <clears throat> I was telling this to my friend the other day, you know, I just realized that I've gone, I've gone days without thinking the word Donald Trump. Uh, and, even, and even, you know, it, it even sounds like really like, uh, you know, uh, like terrible to, um, to say it. But, you know, that also made that's me just realize, trauma in itself. <laughs> that's just trauma in itself. Like anyone named Donald, I'm like, oh. Get away from me. I don't even like to see Donald Duck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not no um, more. It's too much. It's too soon. Yeah, too soon. Too soon for that. But, you know, the, that also made me realize that there is still so much um, that needs to be done. Donald Trump was not a cause. He was just a symptom of what is wrong in this country, especially. Um, and, you know, um, I... Um, I was so furious and I was so devastated with what was happening as a DACA recipient. I'm a DACA recipient. So at the very beginning of the Trump administration, uh, the, uh, the administration revoked DACA. So for quite some time, um, I didn't, you know, I didn't know what my future would entail. My future was in limbo. Um, I didn't even know what next month would bring. Um, and it really upset me. Um, and it really, uh, you know, it made me really sad. As a trans person, I really didn't know what that meant for me, for my livelihood. Um, and this is not just something that I myself as a uh, undocumented trans person feels, but also uh, um, other trans people. Um, so, you know, I made sure uh, that I did everything that I could to secure my place um, in a country that I called home. Um, I grew up in the United States. Um, you know, I grew up in Southern California, in LA, in this little uh, city called um, uh, Paramount. Um, and, you know, I got my start in this community space in the Mission District called Manny's. Um, and, through, um, and through this uh, place, I was able to, like, launch a national phone bank to help elect Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Um, I organized a national text bank that sent over one million text messages. And I also um, organized my community to send over 25,000 letters to the swing states of Florida and Michigan. Because I was really serious about this. Because not only was Donald Trump um, a threat to immigrant people, he was also a trend, um, a, 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 a threat to our LGBT community, uh, most especially to our trans community. Um, he, you know, he did the transgender ban on our military. Um, 
and you know, we are still even suffering the consequences with what just happened in Arkansas, where, um, you know, trans girls can no longer participate in, in youth sports. Or get health care. Like or just sports, just they like people can actually deny them our gender gender affirming healthcare, which is about our mental health, which is about our physical care, which is about everything that we're about. And so somebody based on their beliefs or crazy rhetorics or false science can actually say, you know, I'm not comfortable with doing what's right for you as a patient. Exactly that. And, you know, something about the Know Our Place campaign that I think it's so beautiful is that we are not just, as Juniper uh, mentioned, we are not just a poster child. We are not just on a billboard looking pretty, looking beautiful, because let me tell you, we are pretty and we are beautiful. Let me tell you that, um, all of us. Um, but it is also very important about highlighting the stories of each individual that is up on that billboard. From people like uh, Christian, that's a wonderful culinary artist that was just featured on Bon Appetit. Come on, yes! Uh, you know, to a person, you know, like myself, that I, I, um, I've been involved in politics. I'm currently getting my master's in international relations because I am serious about this damn thing. And as you mentioned, um, Diamond, about this global perspective, I want to make sure that we are revolutionizing the way that we think um, about trans people. Um, and it is something that I think it's so unique and so special about the Know, uh, know Our Place campaign because we are really highlighting um, trans people. Trans people are not a monolith. We are not a monolith. We come from different backgrounds. We have special talents. Uh, you know, we, we, we are capable of everything and, and anything. And I definitely think it's, it's, it's very special how we brought it home and how we started uh, this very special campaign in San Francisco the home of the transgender district um, and even just here um, sitting in this office that's located in the tenderloin district um, where you know the historic compton cafeteria riots took place just a few blocks away um, there is really this special energy to this place and to be able to do this campaign and to be able to launch this um, on the trans on the international transgender day of visibility means so much um, and, you know, once again, I just want to thank Juniper for giving us this platform for everyone, because it really, you know, it really takes a village to sort of uh, curate this whole project. Um, and I just want to make sure that when people see this, when people see this billboard, when people know, when people go to knowourplace.com, I want them to really, um, I want them to be receptive of the stories that are highlighted on this website, um, of the people that are on this billboard, because it's just much more, you know, it's just much more than just a pretty face. Um, it is, it is the future, um, and it is who we are, and it is how we are going to change this whole damn country and this whole world. Christian, <laughs> you are one of the models. Right. So tell me. So one of the things that I love because I'm a activist visibility ass bitch who wants everybody everybody included one thing that i always love when i see trans campaigns is when i see trans men in them and when i see non-binary people in them being included because we need 
those type of representations. We need those type of visual images so that people can feel included. I know sometimes the trans um, woman, blah, 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 is usually kind of dominant because, you know, patriarchy loves to sensationalize women. And so, you know, they we, we're kind of dominant. So when we include everybody and shows the vast multifaceted array of our people, I'm so excited. And I think that 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 is a reflection of people who are organizing any campaign. Why was it important for you to be a part of this campaign as a non-binary person? I think it was super important to me just because it is something that like people just don't get. People think it's a phase. People think is like, like, oh, you have to decide. And it's like, well, I don't. I don't have to do any of that. Like I like, and also I feel like it just can kind of help to erase just the idea of assuming someone's gender. Cause that, cause like that, I think is crazy. Like, I don't like, it's like, I don't know. Like, I feel like there's no, there's no limit to who or what you can be. And like, to just like, it's like, cause I'm always be in my auntie glory, no matter what day it is. Like, and you know, yes, and it's like, <laughs> auntie glory. Yes. And, like, well, my I'm here for like, that. You know, like, and, but it's like, the same, but it's like, like, I will never forget this day because it was so crazy to me that it happened. Um, we were, it was Juneteenth last year. And we went to see Angela Davis speak, but we must have misread the flyer or started drinking too early in the day or something. I don't know. But <laughs> she spoke at the port, but we thought she was speaking at the Oscar Grant Plaza. And like, cause they started, and I was like, surely Angela's not getting out of her bed at 8 a.m. to speak at a gusty port. Like she's probably gonna speak at the plaza at like two. So that's where we went. And we got there and I think she spoke in the morning and it was like, I think it was two different events that was linked together. And it was very like centered around the black man. And it was like, this labor union had organized this thing and it was like it was like a nice day but we were kind of just sitting there like y'all flew in people from milwaukee y'all flew in people from uh atlanta y'all flew in parents of people from all over the place we were just like you couldn't find one black lesbian from oakland to speak like you couldn't find like besides like the two high school girls that read a poem right at two o'clock they're like they're like you there are no there was no like queer or femme representation here. So my homegirl had a bullhorn and may have, you know, been a disruptor. And like, she just got on her bullhorn and was like, we want to hear from like black queers. We want to hear from black women. And she was like in this bullhorn over the person speaking. Over who? Over who? (laughs) I don't remember who it was. Just some. It was some nigga from somewhere. I don't know. Okay, I don't that makes sense. I thought, I thought like, you were talking about Angela Davis. Angela Davis is a queer black woman. <laughs> no, no, no. But no, yeah, no. it was Angela, somebody else. Okay. We were waiting for Angela Davis, but she wasn't coming at all. Like she had spoke at eight in the morning, and we weren't gonna. Like she wasn't even a part of this secondary event. Oh, gotcha. So she's on her megaphone talking about we want to hear from da da da. And at first, like they just sent two dudes over, and they're like, "Y'all need to shut up." Yeah, 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 you shut up. And then she had her bullhorn in their face, like, 
I'm not going to be quiet. And, <laughs> and so then the head organizer, and, and fully it was just like, I was kind of like, y'all, I can fight. I don't want to. But <laughs> and, and so the dude is on the main microphone and he's like, we have an open mic at the end. If y'all have something to say, da, da, da. And she's like, they're like having a full conversation over a microphone and megaphone, like between the crowd. And then he was like, you know what? Why don't y'all just send one of y'all up? That, like one of y'all could come up here and say something after this person finishes speaking. And I was like, okay, well, I'm the least drunk of all of us. I'll go up there, say a few like trans siblings names who have ascended and, you know, say hoorah for Tony McDade and like sit down. And cause, and like, I go up there and it was like, they bombarded me like y'all being disrupted. Or I was just like, I was like, I haven't been disrespectful to anyone. I was on the megaphone. I just came up here because I was invited. I can go sit down. Right. And then I left the stage and like, every, like literally the entire crowd started roaring. And like, so I came back up. I like spoke and like, they kept like, at, for, like and I fully was just going to like say three lines and sit down. Look, take, and look, take my seat. But they were like behind me squabbling. They're like, they shouldn't have the mic. Da, 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 and like, da, da, da. And when they were fussing at me and yelling at me on the mic, they were like, I just need you, like, I just need y'all to understand my brother that da da da. And I was just like, yo, bro, I was like, I'm sitting, like, I'm sitting up under this wig and these booty shorts and a suede t-shirt. Brother who? Brother where? <laughs> and like he was talking to me, but like I still fully had my mouth to the microphone talking. And I was just like, I'm not a man. What do you mean? But then I like he took the mic and I left. And then the crowd starts roaring and they start roaring, let her speak. And I was just like, well, I'm not a woman either. Uh, <laughs> I was just like, what? Uh, <laughs> and so like, they're like, and then they're like, let her speak, let her speak. And like, we fully are like at the back of Oscar Grant Plaza and we're like, I don't grab my purse and, and <laughs> Somebody runs back and they're like, we commandeered the mic for you. They're waiting for you. And I was like, I, okay. <laughs> so like, I go back and I kind of just like, I kind of dragged him and read him to filth and da da da. And he was like, I just want to get on the mic and say, I'm sorry, my sister. I did not mean to disrespect. And I was like, what? <laughs> my pronouns like, are. <laughs> Like, weird. I was like, what? How do we not get here? And then after the fact, this whole video goes viral, and all of these like well-meaning but still binary-minded queer people and posts and like, uh, like fully, I like people were like texting me like, my homies in Seattle are talking about you somehow, and I was like, what? Like somehow the video, like some videos made it to Twitter, like they were also apparently like live broadcasting this whole thing. Um, and, and it was just like, they were all like, uh, labor union rips Mike from black trans woman and this and that. And I was just like, what? And I just like felt super awkward. So I was just like, somehow I was like, I feel like I'm being dishonest in all of this. 
And I, I was just like, how, like, I don't, cause like, and also it's like at this point now all of these queers are just using buzzwords and like using like momentum and like, like I was seeing people like tagging me and shit talking about some trigger warning trans, but I was like, first of all, did nobody touch me? And I wish they would have, but it, like really a trigger, I was just yelling in a microphone and talking about trigger warning, like, like black trans woman. So I was like, now y'all are just throwing around like buzzwords. And this is like, now I'm uncomfortable. And now like y'all are just making too many assumptions. And it's like, I feel like the inclusion of non-binary and non-gender non-conforming people in this conversation is to educate not only the like greater world, but even like we need to kind of have some in-house conversations and like, cause like we have to under, like we have to understand, we have to know how to interact with each other and like cis queers not even real, like it's like, just like being so loud and like being so like, I'm going to like, carry the torch for and fly the banner for it. It's like, well, you don't know what's going on. Like you, you just being loud and kind of wrong and that don't make no sense. Mm. And so I think to have non-conforming, gender non-conforming people, a part of things like this and a part of the conversation can kind of demystify and kind of highlight, like not, or like just like it will create awareness and it'll like help you to remove the binary from your mind like it's like no i don't want to be a girl like no i don't want to be a like no i like it's like there's no i am just a genderless blob that likes to wear skirts like i don't know what to tell you like the, yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah i feel like visibility is and breaking the visibility of breaking up that um, those binary norms has always been a powerful tool for us as black queer people um, from, I mean, from like Prince to Grace Jones, I know they don't, their gender identity wasn't non-binary, but just breaking up the those binary norms in regards to our gender expression has always been a powerful tool that we can kind of reference to in regards to, um, making a mark how do you know your place when how can a non-binary person know their place when when so much of that miseducation is not only coming from um the outside community but also within the community how can a non-binary person know their place i think they can know their place by living their truth and living it unapologetically and living it loudly and um i think it also takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot of like grit and strength from inside because like even for me sometimes like when people are like using the wrong pronouns i kind of just like bite inside of my cheek and i'm like <sighs> you know like and it's just it 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 takes tenacity it takes like you uncomfortably correcting people like it takes so much strength like mm -hmm. it, and like and for you to like not falter and not wait like waver like it's like you have to it, and that's the only way to know your place is to know your truth and shout it from every hilltop in hamlet i don't like it's like there's no, 
no yeah. other Definitely. way, I think. Definitely. Juniper, I've been in strategic planning meeting with you. I have been, um, you know, where we're behind the scenes, the part, the, the ugly part that people don't, the work that we do outside of the pretty, the stuff that people love to um, kind of showcase. We, we behind the scenes doing the work. And what I love about the district is it's rooting itself in the culture of the city. We have always had the visibility because of our look, our style, where we end up in the city, really, you know, in cities that we live in around the globe, we're oftentimes seen as stains on the fabric um, of the community. Um, so the strategy for outside people is to either remove us altogether or bleach us out so much that all they see is respectable white representation. How important in this, 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 this campaign that you have created in Know Our Place, how important was it for you to show various representation when it comes to race? Because particularly in the Black community, I'm, I'm not asking you to speak for Black community, but as a Black person, it is quite um, important for me to kind of shake that up because, you know, we because of respectability politics, if it's not Black excellence, it doesn't need to be showcased. That's what they kind of feel in our community. So I wanted to know how does somebody um, like yourself get to the point where you, in, in your work, you wanted to make that representation possible and showcase that representation in a way that says this is Black excellence. This is excellence in the trans community. This is excellence in the queer community. This is excellence just on a whole different level. Can you explain that? Yeah, absolutely. So I think first and foremost, um, again, like I totally agree. I'm never trying to speak for a community that is on my own, but you know, I feel very strongly that the people that I look up to the most that have done the work for our people in the trans and gender non-conforming and the intersex communities are from, you know, the black and indigenous and the brown communities. They're the people that they know what it's like to always be on the margins, to be seen as bottom of the barrel. And they don't take that shit. And that's what I love about it is the fact that there is so much power and real in their realities that I wanted to create platform for, you know, people of many different walks of life to showcase how they've gotten to where they're at, whether they're in their very beginning of their journey or they're more established. Um, of course, with the realities of COVID, um, I chose folks that I knew could get, you know, like either they've been like COVID tested or vaccinated for whether it's their work or what they do. Um, because I, again, like also I, I centered safety and that's one of my, one of the things that I kind of hoped for more in the campaign was to represent even more people, like people maybe from um, the like elder community, um, folks who are younger, things of that nature. But within this campaign itself, my first and foremost thing was to really challenge the narrative that, you know, particularly black, and then of course, like brown, indigenous, um, like API, like trans people that we are, you know, secondary, that we are, that we are not even secondary. We are just at the kind of back of the line for when it comes to being seen, when it comes to being respected, when it comes to being like, you know. They don't even want us in the line. <laughs> 
Aria always says this, is that like, we are the people that are the most underestimated, but we fucking deliver every single fucking time. And to me, that's so important to me is that like, I chose people that I know deliver, like whether it is for themselves and their profession or their community. Everyone in this campaign has delivered for their community. And like, you know, at the end of the day, like, I can't say that about so many people, perhaps outside the community, and then even within the community that might not be, you know, particularly, you know, representing this campaign. And that's, I think, why um, there's actually some backlash on social media regarding this campaign. Um, there's a lot of hate that it received for not including um, folks who are white. And for me to see that, like, that fuels me, because to me, that's just like, we are then challenging the white supremacist narrative that, you know, there always has to be a space for a white person to be seen. You know, there's never a time that, we, you know, that there's a question of whether or not there will be a reserved chair for a white person. So for me, like, this wasn't just about the TGNC community. It was about outwardly, you know, screaming to the rooftops that, you know, these lives that are still here, these black lives, these brown lives, these like API lives, like they matter and they are doing the work that really is so integral to changing the world that we live in. And, you know, if it upsets some white queers on the way, then I'm fine with that. So. They'll be okay. We, <laughs> you know, we, we know that there's some honey, y'all got all the space <laughs> in the world. And I, what I want to know is when you got a problem and you creating issues about a campaign that don't feature white people, are you doing that same thing on white campaigns that don't fe feature us? Because <laughs> if yeah. you're not, you're racist. Anyway, so one of the amazing thing about Arya Saeed's leadership, and she is the executive director of the Trans um, District, based on the events that, that she and the team has created, like, the winter gala and community care strategies like the new hot housing program what i see them being dedicated to is a shift in the quality of imagery and the quality of tactics to produce and nurture and represent us i think that's really really amazing how does this particular campaign align with those type of campaigns and event of the past when it comes to the transgender district? What takes this to the next level when it comes to getting beyond visibility? With the build of the website, I really, of course, wanted to create a platform for all of these models. They're all like, you know, creatives in their own right. They are, you know, community advocates. They are, you know, like DJs even. And, you know, these people like, just like all of us that live in capitalism, they got to make coins. So the thing about this website is that I could have easily just like, you know, made a cute blurb, like been like, oh, like, you know, Christian is a, a chef from Oakland. And that's literally all I could say, you know? But for me, it was really important to even like offer a way of contact for these people so that they can get booked, that they are accessible to their communities, that, you know, People not only know their stories, but you know, they can hire them if they want to. So that was a big part of it, first and foremost, is just making sure the models felt, you know, that they had the opportunity to say what they wanted to say with the platform that we are creating, that they weren't, again, poster children, that they weren't, you know, just images on a billboard, that they really had um, a place where they could say what they wanted to say. Um, secondarily, um, of course, uh, at the district, we want to highlight our programs that we have launched. Um, recently and in the past. 
um, for the sake of like efficiency, it is built for a mobile site so people can type it in their phone, open it and then find it. Um, our initiatives like the housing program, um, housing opportunities for trans tenants, hot, as you stated, is right, you know, right in our initiatives page. People click that and it goes directly to our page on our website so that they can apply if they're interested in finding housing in San Francisco and the Bay Area. Um, and then we also, of course, um, featured our entrepreneurship program, which largely is a cohort of um, Black, Indigenous, and POC entrepreneurs that are TGNC identified who have been given a training program hosted through the Trans District to get them ready to start and launch small businesses to be business owners. Um, and then at the end, they receive a seed grant of three, I believe actually $3,400 to really launch their businesses into the next level. And then of course, we um, wanted to feature our visual storytelling series, which um, allows folks of um, the TGNC experience, particularly BIPOC people from the district to tell their stories um, and make sure that they're immortalized because we so often know, um, you know, visibility is beautiful, but it is also deadly. I there's no doubt in my mind that these legislations that are happening, particularly in some Southern states and even globally, are in response to an increase in visibility. Like, you don't, like, I think there are people, you know, so happy and joyous about the fact, you know, that something as simple as Pose exists, that, you know, Jari Jones was on a Calvin Klein billboard, that, you know, these folks are existing in public space. But at the same time, there are like other people that are just as mad and ready to, you know, try to combat that. So, what to me it needs to follow, like, just the visibility aspect is like a place where we can continue to uplift our people, to make them ready for when like the other people who are, you know, hating on us want to like line up and hurt us, that we are like, you know, just information is what I'd say. So for me, it's just like having accessibility to that, having a place for people to voice their, their truths with um, the idea that we also have programs that, um, directly impact the livelihoods of people in the district and beyond. So um, so with the Winter Gala, for example, that's a moment of upliftment. I think that's something that we needed in COVID. All the things you just laid out, I think is amazing about the work that y'all are doing is that this district is preserving the trans culture in this historic area of this particular city. This can be done in other cities too. And I think that's what we want to, we want to, um, when we, when you know there has been a big impact of the trans community in the city, this is something that will be amazing to mimic in other places across the globe. This is the very first one to ever exist. So this is, they are laying the foundation. When I say laying the framework, that is really what I mean. All the things that they are doing over there when we come to hot, when it comes to all the things that I hear about, um, because Aria is my friend, it is about preserving the culture. The hot program is keeping trans people living in the tenderloin who have been pushed out by gentrification. When we talk about um, um, the entrepreneurship program, it is actually funding and helping steer businesses in the tenderloin so they are not pushed out by bigger companies and pushing them out of the place that we have lived in and we have thrived in forever. This is about finding our roots, 
sticking our roots in the ground and sticking there and giving the help to the people who don't norm who can't go to the bank and get these these loans because they don't have the credit or da 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 they can't they got a job but they can't afford this particular apartment because they're just under the just under the amount of income that can get them there this is actually helping supplement so they can actually stay in their homes this is what i'm talking about doing the work that is outside of the norm to really think created creatively in keeping trans people thriving and happy and their care is at the center of your work this is doing the work <laughs> I, re I really just want to be really really clear in pointing that out and i think that's amazing i only have one more question but do one of y'all jupiter and christian do y'all want to add to that um before I ask my last question. Yeah, um, I did have something to say in regards of um, visibility. And, you know, the transgender district, what I think it's so special about it in regards of the visibility that we are creating, we, um, we are showcasing visibility that is cognizant of history and culture. For example, um, you know, um, back when the Stonewall um, riots happened in 1969, um, Marsha P. Johnson and Miss Major, two Black trans women, were, um, were advocates and were sort of the creators of the Gay Liberation Front. However, um, years after, the Gay Liberation Front um, went on to become a very racist movement, um, a, ra um, a movement that was led by gay, uh, queer, white men that excluded the work that were put uh, that was put in by Marsha P. Johnson and Ms. Major. And Stormy and um, Sylvia Rivera. I want to yes. make sure we never um, leave yes. them out. Yes, These correct. Um, and then Sylvia Rivera, um, Sylvia Rivera and Marsha P. Johnson went on to become um, the creators of STAR, which is a street transvestites, uh, which actually um, that name was uh, what inspired me to name HOT because it was sort of like, it was STAR, HOT, it was just sort of catchy, it was there and it was like, what is it? And it's housing, so yeah. Um, but what I'm trying to get at is that uh, this visibility that we're creating, that the transgender district is creating, uh, this is what we mean that we are taking into consideration sort of this neglect that has been going on with trans people because let it be told that um trans uh, white people are the most digestible white people um and they you know they are the ones that are put at the very front of the trans movement and that is not fair and that is not right because that is neglecting the history that has gotten us here so i am very proud um, to be on a billboard, um, and I may, I may get some backlash with this, with no white people. I am very proud of that because it really takes into consideration, you know, um, the black and brown trans women that have paved the way for us to get here. And without their work, honey, we wouldn't be here. Man. So, you know, I just want to say that I'm very proud and, you know, that we are very conscious, of. of of, of the of the inception of the uh, trans liberation movement. Mm -hmm. Christian? Um, <laughs> I mean, I feel like for me and for how I've seen the transgender district work, I feel like everything we're talking about can all be summed up into one sentence, which is just 
this district is treating trans people with dignity. They are like giving and supplying things to give us a sense of dignity. Like it's like you can live a life with dignity. You can have a home with dignity. You can have a job with safety and dignity. Like you don't have to like it like there are no limiting factors for you to have a life of dignity and of happiness and of prosperity and like because i was talking to one of my homies and like he's saying like oh like this new job i got like blah blah like if they just give me this much it'll be enough and i'm like we shouldn't have to scrimp and scratch to just have enough we should be able to live in a, a life of abundance and like i feel like a lot of that, a lot of the work that y'all are outlining is helping people live a happy, dignified life. Mm. And I think it's amazing. Mm. I want you to share with me, just for, you know, my sake of showing love to our history, I want you to share with me two people who were visible prior to you living your truth that gave you, that were like beacons of light and gave you, you know, inspiration to be who you are. I want you to think about trans people specifically, trans non-binary, trans, however y'all want to work coming up. Who were the people? I prefer it to be people that are kind of unknown, but if it is known, that's okay. If they're they're, they're popular or whatever, that's okay too, because they can be beacon of light, of course. So I want you to share with me why, who they were, why they impacted you so much. This is a really hard one. I'm just I'm just um, thinking of uh, of sort of. Uh, the people that have inspired me. Um, I grew up in a Mexican household. So I, you know, I have a lot of uh, people that I look up to and in, uh, in Mexican culture that I really adore. Um, one of the examples is, I don't know if y'all have heard of uh, Juan Gabriel, but uh, he was this musician and he dressed very flamboyant. Uh, he was very out there. Uh, his music was sort of like written in a way that sort of um, alienated gender. And it was just, you know, much about love. Um, I would also say that uh, there was just one person that really brought it uh, home to me. And this was probably not a musician or anyone in general, but it was just this, uh, this other trans girl that I had in my um, um, ethnic and studies class, uh, my freshman year of college, uh, and she was trans. Um, and she really inspired me. Uh, her name is Kenya. Um, she, I'm still friends with her on, uh, on Instagram, but she was so passionate and so uh, and so intelligent and very smart. And I just saw today that she just got a job um, at Apple. So, hey, go Kenya. Um, but, you know, uh, as I've said it before, um, I, I grew up in a very secluded uh, household, so I didn't have a lot of exposure to trans people, uh, but she was sort of like the first one and she was very powerful. She was very assertive and she knew what she was saying and she, everyone in class was sort of like in awe of her and i was one of those people and i just want to give a shout out to her in case uh, she watches this that she was one of those people that really did it for me and that really set me on the path that got me thinking and 
and got me wondering who I was and why she resonated so much with me. So thank you, Kenny. Look, this is why the conservatives don't want us to exist. We inspire people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Every day. Yes. Uh, what about you, Christian? <laughs> Um, I would say, first and foremost, the first queer icon that ever, look, showed me what Auntie Energy was, who just lived unapologetically. Yeah, I get. I would say that. Um, look, the late and great Luther Vandross, child. Like, like, the cashmere walls, honey. Like, the... Like, it's just like, I don't know, just Luther Vandross will always be so, like, just be in a chasm that is my heart and fills it completely. Like, like, uh, like, write, write and love letters to trade. Like, come on. Like, you, like, you. And singing them with all your heart and soul. Uh, like, singing them well enough to have women throwing panties at you. Like, like, <laughs> um, and I think the second person would have to be my homie Mar. Like, Mar was one of the first people that held space for me to like map out my gender and like my understanding of myself. And like, we'd be drunk at two in the morning, and they're just like, no, like that like no like google that like you should like that that's a term that describes you You just don't know what it means like it's like they reigned in uh, this little baby queer and like because in there for a very long time i was just like no like i don't like because mar was like you're you're trans and that's okay and i was just like no like i don't know like i don't want to like take up space and like not and like use these terms that like i feel like aren't mine to use like da 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 like I don't want to be a woman like I don't necessarily or will to date have like like ambitions or desires to medically change my body like I don't have I was like I don't fit into that box and Mars like it's not a monolith this isn't like like no like it is a spectrum like it is this it is that like you are still a part of this community. And like, they really sat me down and like helped me map everything that I didn't understand or that I didn't realize that I was like existing in. And I don't know, like they very, like I, like they are someone who is on the list of people that helped shape me into the confident bad bitch who will curse you out to this like, like they are one of those people, and like they will always be in my heart as well. Mm. Juniper, what about you? I love Mar. Oh my God, Mar is my <laughs> my sibling. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I've known them for. Oh, they're amazing. But um, for me, what's funny is that like I I have like maybe two pointed moments when I was younger that I remember, and one of them was like um, kind of my initial introduction and after like racking my brain about it, I was trying to remember their name for the longest time because um, if you don't know, my mother was Korean. She was actually mixed race, but Korean um, a national. Um, we come from this specific um, area in Korea that's an island called Jeju-do, but um, 
we lived in the mainland for uh, early parts of my nonage. And um, as a result, she kept up with things via like Korean TV. Um, and then when she came to America, she would have um, my like aunt like basically record VHS tapes of Korean TV and then send them over, like mail them to us to wherever we were at, like at the time, Air Force Base, you know, being a part of military family. And I always remember it was like Christmas every time we got these videos because it reminded me of like growing up. And I remember the first trans woman I ever really recognized as a trans woman um, because of the way my mother reacted. Um, she's actually a very famous pop singer in Korea now, but it was like her first, I think one of her first times that she was ever seen in like, you know, uh, like TV in Korea. And her name is Harisu. Um, but she did this commercial where it was like a cosmetic commercial or something. It was like for hair product or something. But like, it, I remember like seeing her and like posing in the video, but then like she had an Adam's apple. And I just remember being like, oh, oh, I just remember this moment. Cause like, I always, I always feel like I knew like in me, just like, and some people don't know when they're a kid. Some people do. I knew, like, I was like, her, I want to be her. And like, it helped because like, I was so constantly around different, like people of different backgrounds, particularly ethnicities to see someone that is like, particularly that has like a face like mine and being on like the television, having the Adam's apple, even though I found out later that they actually photoshopped the Adam's apple on her. Which are like they did something on TV to do it. Yeah, it was crazy. They did that shit back then. But um, in any case, I remember seeing it, and then my mother making some comments and stuff, like just basically like, "Oh, what a beautiful boy," like something like that. And I just remember like being like, "Oh." And then the second time um, was after my mother's passing, and like it was actually I'm trying to remember. I believe it was in Tucson, and it was just um, just a woman on the street, and just the way she walked, I just remember. So the way she walked was just like, ugh. So I think it's just more like those subtleties that really stick in my mind that like these people like, you know, despite like, you know, being on the street or being in television and being seen as a spectacle, they like, they gave life. They were like, they were giving. So I was just like wanting to be that. I think that's the moment that made me kind of come to terms with my reality as I grew older. Well, this was amazing conversation. I really want y'all to check out Know Our Place. The link is going to be in the bottom. Um, I want you to thank y'all for coming and being a guest on the show and being visible because in the way that those people inspired you, y'all are inspiring people right now. Just in the same way that, uh, you know, Trump was, we see the effects of him rippling out. We are the opposite end of that, where the effects of us existing, the effects of us speaking out and standing up for our people is going to ripple out and it's, it's going to become the foundation for our babies, our trans babies that are literally under attack right now. We are, we are setting a foundation for them to thrive even more than what we did, not just survive, as you talked about, Christian, uh, not just survive, really actually thrive in abundance and have these foundations. So I want to appreciate y'all and show y'all love and I and just know that I see the work that you are doing and I appreciate it. And thank you for joining me on Marsha's Plate. We will have our regularly scheduled 
show tomorrow with me, Mia, and Z, where we talk about our experience around Transgender Day of Visibility. Thank y'all for coming. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, y'all. Bye. 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 Just to tell you, hey, hey, brother, hey, brother, hey, sister, hey, sister, hey, sister. Hey sister, hey sister, hey sister, hey sister.